I think mm -hmm. the the ultimate kind of work approach would be one where everyone works remotely and in their own time, you know, they can work strange hours and everything and a little bit of overlap. But if you could get everyone together every week or every month, then that would be amazing. You're listening to the Remote Work Productivity and Lifestyle Podcast, the show to hear tips and tricks about staying productive and having an awesome lifestyle as a remote worker. Proudly presented by Remote Compass and worldpodcasts.com. Now let's welcome your host, Alan Kaig. Alrighty, folks, this is Alan of RemoteCompass.com. Today, we are chatting with Grant of Tela.tv, a collaborative online video editor. Grant, tell us a bit about yourself and the business. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me, Alan. So yeah, I'm Grant. I'm one of the founders of Tela. I am uh, originally from New Zealand, uh, but I live here in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And earlier this year, yeah, my co-founder and I started uh, Tela because we wanted to help make it easier for people to produce and collaborate on video content for work or for education or for personal projects um, using Teller. Right. So for work, for education, personal projects, if I uh, understand correctly, this is a certain type of video that's not necessarily a uh, YouTube video kind of thing. Can you tell folks more about the use case or perhaps the scenarios when you will enable folks to produce more videos where otherwise they would have just sent a written note? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the, practically what Tele is, is it's, it's a web application uh, and it lets you uh, record your camera, record your screen, and then combine that with other visual elements like text and images and GIFs. Uh, and so you can combine all that together as a video to to tell your sort of your story. The the main use cases, I guess, in, in a bit more detail from from what I mentioned earlier, people who are creating online courses or teachers who are doing asynchronous or remote education internally within organizations where people are starting to adopt more asynchronous communication. Video is a much more rich kind of medium to engage people. So we want to make it easier for people to swap, say, a blog post or an internal wiki post and instead make a like a video update. And then for, I guess, the sort of passion economy or people who, who sort of do their own kind of public content creation, it gives people who don't have a background and don't necessarily want to get involved in, in more advanced video editing a way to, to start to sort of create content that's, that's fun and interesting. Cool stuff. So it enables folks to produce videos more often. And another sort of use case is if someone intends to produce YouTube videos, uh, Tela will be an easy uh, way to get into it versus using professional video editing software. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the types of users that we have now using the platform kind of come from two ends of the spectrum where you have people who've never used any kind of video editing. They've just used some basic screen recording tools, but they want more control over the type of, of the output. Uh, and so Teller can give them that. And then uh, you see people who 
have had some experience with video editing, but that kind of daunts them and, and holds them back from, from creating more or, or, or trying further. So we sort of see them coming and, and seeing Taylor as a way that they can focus more on just the delivery and, and you know, the, the part of the content that, that they know and feel comfortable with, which is probably, you know, their own expertise or their own story. And, and we try and minimize the, the need for them to have to deal with editing tools. Cool stuff. So it's a bit more advanced than your typical screen cast recording tool, but it's not going to be as difficult to use versus uh, professional editing tools, enabling more folks to produce more video and uh, perhaps more easily for other use cases. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a pretty good summary. Cool stuff. Grant, can you tell us about your ways of working, how the tele team operates in terms of your remote work practices? Yeah. So we have a remote team and we plan to, to stay remote you know, for the foreseeable future. We're still very small. We're a team of two uh, and we, we're going to grow to a team of three in about a month's time and, and, and likely a few more in early next year. Um, we, Mikhail, my co-founder and I, we worked remotely for two years, two, yeah, more than two years, I think, prior to starting Teller. And it was a way that we really enjoyed and, and liked and saw the benefit of being part of a much bigger remote team. So I guess part of the uh, motivation for starting Teller was to be able to help other people switch to that kind of work. And also an interesting challenge for us to be able to try and build our own remote team and organization and you know improve it in areas that we saw that you know remote working could be could be improved within a, within a team. I see. So the product is a remote work focused tool and uh, you, you operate, uh, you do what you preach, basically. It's uh, been uh, remote first since day one, a pretty new organization. And I think you mentioned that your co-founder is has been a colleague of yours from previous ventures. Yeah, we've we've known each other for years. I think we've we've known each other and worked together for nearly six years. We've started uh, a a company together previously, and then we we worked together in 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 companies after that as well. So, long time team, and this is just basically the, tell us the the next adventure that we're on uh, together. Nice. And uh, offline, you were sharing with me your uh, thoughts on building an organization, how you'd perhaps hire locally so you can build an in-person aspect of the relationship. C can you share a bit about that with our audience? Yeah. So we, again, we, we are very small and, and we, and, and Teller is, is an app that in a lot of ways tries to enable people to, to be able to do more with remote work and asynchronous work. But admittedly, when you're a small team and you asked, at such a, an early stage of a company, having close contact with your team and, and being able to sort of foster a, a reasonably intimate culture, I think is still very important. So we practice what we preach is, uh, as much as we can, but equally we know the, the importance of, yeah, just having a, a close relationship at this, this early stage. So we're going to try, I guess it's, I wouldn't, you wouldn't call it a hybrid approach, but a sort of almost hybrid approach where, we will remain working locally, but we will, our initial hires will focus on people that are potentially within the, the existing 
locations that we're based in, the Netherlands, and 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 then that will mean that we have this opportunity, should it be there, to to spend some time in person with people. So whether that's just social time outside of work, whether we want to do some kind of team exercise, any of those opportunities, suddenly we are not having to come up with these hype, you know, these these sort of approaches where you're you're using appropriating digital tools to get some kind of real world thing, like a like a team building exercise. There are a lot of great right. tools for that, I think, and, and and some really interesting stuff happening there. But still there's a there's a lot of value to to spending time in person. So given that opportunity with you know being able to build a a team based within our sort of immediate time zone or or location, I think we'll we'll take that and as we grow and then we'll look to to expand into different areas and uh, different time zones and 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 it'll sort of go from there. But yeah, no intention to have a, a co-located team by any means. Right. And uh, that's a great point, actually. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be 100% asynchronous. It doesn't have to be no uh, office or no in-person interaction at all. The idea is many parts of our everyday work can be performed independently or remotely. And there's something to be said about building uh, human relationships because we are social animals. I asked you a moment ago about your co-founder. You have been working with them for six years now. So even if there is a sustained remote, probably mostly asynchronous relationship, there's already a lot of trust. While now that you're growing the team, you are uh, recruiting new members of the organization, then you want to share the vision. You want to get them on board you want to put them in a position where they can improvise on their own because they are already in sync with you. So in a sense, it might be a uh, phase. Like in the beginning, you want to impart the knowledge, the values, and all that kind of stuff. And then at some point, they're going to be ready to work more independently after that onboarding period, for example. How does that sound? Yeah, I think there's there's definitely... There's definitely some parts of that I think that you're spot on. We we definitely want to be you know hiring uh, people and growing the team and and imparting trust in people to work independently immediately. But I think the idea of people having a feeling a connection to the other people that they work with and the 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 work that they're doing and the the team that they're part of, you can you can get a much stronger version of that. I think if if there is an opportunity or opportunities for in-person, yeah, relationship building and and, and spending time with one another. They're like, if, if you would, if I was being going to be really idealistic about that, I think mm-hmm. the 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 ultimate kind of work approach would be one where everyone works remotely and in their own time. You know, they can work strange hours and everything, and a little bit of overlap, whatever. But if you could get everyone together every week or every month, then that would be amazing. So it, but everyone's in different time zones if you, you know, spread people all over the world. And so that just becomes a challenge that then you have to, to work around. So um, if you think about building a team and your opportunity to, to achieve some of that sort of ideal sense, I think that's, that's quite exciting. And there's an amazing uh, group of people that 
a ta- you know group of talent in uh, the Netherlands, and and I don't think there's any reason for us to sort of think that we suddenly need to to start looking too far flung when you know there's there's this opportunity to do this again this sort of semi hybrid approach where people feel close but still get all the benefits of of work fitting into their life in the in the way that remote work enables you or working from home enables you to do so so yeah yeah uh, you, you gave a great example there can be some kind of cadence maybe at first you're going to try well, weekly sync apps uh, later on you might figure out that you only need quarterly summits or whatever it might be but every once in a while you want that time to connect to share body language maybe yeah. break bread or uh, whatever it might be and then outside of those scheduled times whether that's weekly monthly quarterly whatever then you can work strange hours yeah if you are a night owl right yeah i mean if if, if yeah. we had the budget to say that you know we could hire people all over the world and fly them in, you know, or, or fly everyone else to, to them for, for that in-person time, you know, that would be amazing, but no one's going to have that kind of budget. So it's like, if you can strike that balance, um, if you do have opportunities to, to strike that balance, and I think that's, that's a good thing to try and take. And again, the, 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 the way that this perhaps could be misinterpreted is, you know, again, not, you know, not really fully adopting remote work, but the, the point is more to be able to hold on to that, the value of that in-person, those in-person, in-person moments. But as you said, Alan, like the, the time in between that, the working time, work the way you want, you know, go wherever you want. You know, if you want to go and uh, work um, from somewhere else, you know, that's, that's perfectly fine too. It's just that if, if there is that overlap where you can get all the fun, the fun, valuable stuff out of time in person, whether it's just a beer or uh, as I was saying before, like a, you know, team building exercise or a workshop or, you know, maybe you're doing some kind of more in-depth, detailed planning. All of those things, you know, there's, it's cool if you can, you can do a bit of that in person time, from time to time. Yeah, I think there's a couple of uh, major considerations there. Number one is the budget, the overall ability of bringing everyone together. So if they want to, they are based in another part of the globe, if they can fly for that uh, weekly, monthly, or quarterly sync up, then that's going to be okay. But there are, of course, budget constraints and, of course, even lockdowns that will, uh, of course, slow that down at the moment. And another uh, major factor is the fact that right now, uh, Tela is an early stage ambitious startup where there's a lot of improvisation required, right? In a different kind of more mature business where many of the tasks are heavily defined, there's a super clear playbook, there's a heavy element of repetitiveness to the job, then it's going to be easier to have wider gaps between those sync-ups, correct? Yeah, totally. That, I mean, that's that, that's absolutely right. I mean, when you get to a bigger scale, I mean, as we saw at our last organization, which was which was much much bigger, you know, they there was room for total autonomy, and they you know they hired some amazingly talented people that you know they did could could just trust to get on and and you know work the way they they need to, and then occasionally you know once a year or 
maybe smaller teams do it, you know, uh, once a year as well, then you can have that in-person time, but it's, you know, it has a, it has a different purpose compared to, compared to what we would be doing with our in-person time. Like you say, there is no, there is no playbook and we're making a lot of stuff up as we go along. So it's, it's important that everyone's involved in that, that process because, you know, it's, it's valuable for, for early hires to be part of that. And it's valuable for us as the founding team to, you know, have other people who are contributing to this because we're not going to get it right on our own. So, yeah. That's a great point. Those conversations, those in-person sync ups are figuring out with a founding team, basically foundational stuff that will evolve that will change basically the whole vision for the company, maybe adjust some values here and there. It's not an optimization conversation like, hey, we want to meet every once in a while so we can optimize our costs or we can reduce the number of support tickets. Your conversations are going to be far more strategic and foundational than that. Yeah. Small companies, you know, there's a, there's a, saying that I heard someone uh, mention that, you know, at small startups, you want to be taking, you want to be taking big swings and, and big swings and in, in, in the hope of, you know, hitting, you know, a good shot or a home run. It's, it's definitely not the time for, for optimization. And yeah, you want, you want to build a team who's, who's good at making those swings and can help you make those swings and in, in, in in-person time. If you can, if you can do that, even within a remote organization is, is a good way to, good way to balance that out. Great stuff. So uh, big swings, not minor optimizations. Yeah. <laughs> Let's switch gears and uh, talk about asynchronous communication and the use of a product like Della and maybe other project management tools like Trello. Can you share with the audience a little bit about how they might operationalize uh, working asynchronously for most of the week in between those uh, face-to-face sync ups? Yeah. Um, the, the way that we sort of do it at, at, at Teller at the moment, again, is I'd say we're probably at like a 50, 50 split where we still do a lot of stuff synchronously where it's just on Slack, fire up zoom for a quick call. We're also small enough and we'll be for a while where because we're kind of nerds in in remote work and, and tools that help remote work, basically when, when a new tool comes out, we can just we can just adopt the, you know, grab the free plan of it and try it out for, for a while. And it doesn't really get in the way of, you know, our work too much. There's, there's no kind of like big team onboarding. So we're trying tandem at the moment as a, as a, as a new tool. And we've, we've tried a bunch of the, you know, the tools that sort of fit in that space to, to just see how it is and, and see where, where we can already start to get some benefit out of it. In terms of the, the async specific stuff, we, the, the 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 two main things that facilitate our, our async communication notion and linear so notion becomes our kind of documentation where we try and write down as much stuff as we can even though a lot of the stuff changes but it's important to have that place for for everything so whether that's ideas that one person has that other people are then going to follow up on uh, or other people are going to going to contribute to or whether it's yeah our yeah, new projects that we that you know are going to play out over a series of weeks then then that's something that we can contribute to together in our own time uh, and then have a sync up on it to sort of review and just get to the kind of the point of it 
if it if it is if it is if the nature of the task means that it's it's you're not gonna there are some brainstorms and some projects where you just want to be together and throwing ideas at one another but you can quickly see when you have some of those conversations that your own your ideas individually are not at a point where it's valuable to be kind of bouncing them back off one another or, or continuing to do so and so that's a good opportunity for a team to say okay well we should like think about this in our own time put this together in some kind of you know written form or video form and then and then come back to so that's what a lot of our asynchronous work kind of revolves around then on the more sort of matter of you know task just let's get this thing done linear becomes our our go-to for for development and design stuff so the two of us yeah, build out our, our tickets basically in there and, and then just pick that up um, as our sort of project management project management tool and list. So we don't have uh, particularly sophisticated asynchronous workflows, but it will be we'll be building that yeah as as the team team goes up. In terms of bringing in video into it, Teller is our uh, go to for anything video that is uh, asynchronous. So. I'll use, we'll use Teller for, for recording and documenting our, our new features and our, uh, and adding that to our knowledge base. We'll use Teller for bug, tra- bug uh, recording and tracking for reviews of things. So it, it becomes this, we sort of dog food it and appropriate it as this multi-purpose video tool for a small team, which it definitely can be, but I, I mean, most of our customers are still using it for that sort of higher value communication and video creation. But we we try and use it as much as we can in in all sorts of different use cases to to just sort of stress test it and get the benefit of you know high fidelity asynchronous video because that's well I should say high fidelity asynchronous communication because that's what video enables you know video's very high five there's a lot of a lot of information you can take in and and communicate so yeah that's that's where that's where video comes in in terms of bringing this kind of practice into your own work it depends on the team size I think you want to have a, you want to have a sense of like the I guess the goals that the the tools and the communication are are going to be reaching, and then that's going to determine what what makes most sense. Uh, and depending on your team and and the type of work that you're doing, that'll also determine you know how much of your work and communication is asynchronous um, versus not. Like you said, so Alan, like if if things if things are a bit more you know, defined and there's a playbook about things and there are, there are clear roles within a team. You know, if you think about a typical kind of engineering team where you've got, you know, product manager or product owner and then engineers and a designer, that full stack kind of product team, there's some clear definitions there. And, and you know, I've seen teams that just run that totally asynchronous because, you know, the it's a machine and it, 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 it's, it, it can get pretty well oiled and, and then the tools just kind of fit in to keep the thing rolling. But if you're, say, a founding team or maybe a more creative team that is working on a, a one-off project, then doing everything asynchronous may not always be, be the, the most appropriate because of those sort of iterative moments and, and collaborative moments that, that sometimes are, are going to be better done uh, live versus you know, people reading and watching things in their own time. Right. Maybe one of the signals is if you are wearing multiple hats, right? If yeah. you are temporarily a customer support person, if you are a temporary yeah. UX designer and you're wearing like four other hats, 
then a little bit more live to it. If you are a specialist, you are a documentation expert, you're a project manager or business analyst or QA tester, then a lot more asynchronous. Is that fair? Yeah, I think I think that's a really good way of putting it. I'm going to I'm going to borrow that for later. Yeah, I think if you are kind of this if you're in a role where you're meant you have to be a jack of all trades or wear a lot of hats, then going to async or or overloading with tools to kind of facilitate that is probably just going to hinder you from from, you know, covering the surface area that you need to as someone who has a bunch of different things to do. But uh, yeah, if there is a bit more rhythm to your work and and definition to it, then then uh, yeah, you can you can go all in on you know the asynchronous project management and communication tools that keep you you know keep you and your work flowing uh, nicely. There is there is less need for you know spontaneity and uh, sudden or drastic context switching, which you know wearing multiple hats hats can can require. Yeah, there's not much surprise and. Actually, if I might add, perhaps if a job is super heavily defined, that's also something that's more easy to outsource. Like you can hire out an API, a professional, someone off of Fiverr or whatever it might be to perform a tightly defined job. But if it's a big swing, if it's uh, something new, then uh, there's a lot more figuring out to do, and it's a core team kind of task that might involve a little more synchronous or in-person element to it. Yeah, I think so. Cool stuff. Alrighty, before I let you go, Grant, I wanted to ask, can you name one thing that your remote work has taught you that everybody should know? Yeah, that was... The- been thinking about this a bit and um i think it's a pretty obvious one if you have been doing remote work for a little while but it it seems to be misinterpreted a bit to newer comers maybe but it's that the idea that like working from home isn't remote work and and this is what i was trying to sort of i guess clarify yeah qualify with my with with the way that i was sort of describing how we'd like to build the the teller team where there is this sort of local aspect to it and so if you are working from home you know that that can easily just be assumed okay that's that's remote work and a lot of the 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 companies that had to force you know have been forced into into working from home proper remote work and the benefits that it can give an organization and an individual yeah it's it's more than just i'm at home doing the work that i was doing in the office it's it's a it's a broader kind of cultural change in the organization and in an employee where where yeah the, the life kind of happens all around you in your home whereas at work in an office you know life doesn't really happen there work kind of happens there and work stuff happens there so one you know there's this there's all these other factors that need to compete with you know someone someone doing their work and, and there's just a lot more opportunity for someone to be more effective in a way that works to them because they don't have that, you know, confinement to a to a time and a place. So um, understanding that just by transitioning a workforce and saying, well, you're in your house now, but you're doing the same work and in the same way and collaborating in the same way is not that's not really uh, remote work, and it's 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 probably not got the the, it might have it might have some of the same benefits, but not the same benefits to the the same extent than uh, if 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 a team can go 
properly remote and, and asynchronous and 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 start to build the the trust um, within teams and employees right. that, that that really drives um, a successful remote company. Yeah, so remote work is far more than hey, you're allowed to work from home now. It has much more to do with asynchronous systems, trust, clarity of roles, hiring the right people with the right skills, including the ability to manage one's own plate and to basically self-direct and all that kind of stuff. It's not just the switch from working in an office to working at home. I mean, I guess one of the practical the, the obvious examples that a lot of companies would be facing is, you know, everyone's talking about Zoom fatigue that, you know, these, these that people are going through because they're spending so much time on Zoom or, or whatever. Uh, and, and I think a lot of that is just because people are transitioning their co-located meeting schedule into a Zoom meeting schedule. There needs to be a change that you can't just say, okay, let's just do six meetings all day long, every day. It, it, it won't work like that. Yeah, the same thing, just in a different location. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, great stuff, Grant. Where can the audience learn more about you and the business? Yeah, you can find Teller at Teller.tv or our Twitter handle is TellerHQ. And if you if you want to see what I'm up to, then yeah, I'm on I'm on Twitter as well. My handle is nine R A N T Y. Thanks for listening to the Remote Work Productivity and Lifestyle Podcast. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of our upcoming or prior episodes. This show is presented by Remote Compass and worldpodcasts.com.